What's good, man? Today, y'all with Exotic Popping, y'all rocking with Two Live Magazine, Black on Black Business, teeping up, doing this thing. You know what I'm saying? Keep it tuned in, keep it locked in. What's good? This is Keelan from Exotic Pop. Y'all rocking with Two Live Magazine. This interview was so loud, I can't wait till y'all do yours. <laughs> Yes. Right here at Exotic Pop. I mean, we are at their uh, warehouse. Look at this. This is amazing. Right. 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 So, how are y'all doing today? Bless. 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 Definitely. I see. I see you bless. Okay. <laughs> how did y'all end up meeting? Wow. Uh I can kind of start that. Uh, me and this young man. I call him young man because I'm a little older and I admire him so much. But he went to uh, uh, high school. Um, or I met my younger sister in high school okay. back when I was a uh, it was uh, early 2000s but I was working at black entertainment television at the time I was a, a producer for BET okay. and uh, my younger sister real quick had been said hey my, my uh, guy friend he admires what you're doing and he wants to meet you wants you to mentor him because he wants to go into entrepreneurship and I was like ah it's not somebody else that but when I uh, flew to Houston. I was shooting on location in Houston, and he showed up and uh, met me. And I just saw his vigor and his willingness to even help me in what I was doing at the time, even though he didn't know nothing about television. But he was like, "Hey, I'm here. This, that, another." We kept in touch as we grew older. I moved back to Houston, and he has always been a a business uh, entrepreneur from the day I met this guy. And he would always come to one of my businesses and go back and forth with me about business ideas or what he should do. And I really appreciated, you know, him believing in me and giving him advice and things of that nature. And lo and behold, we eventually became uh, business partners when he brought this particular, when he brought this idea to me initially, I promise, I was like, I don't know, what Charleston, you trying to sell a five dollar soda? Well, back then it was like two or three, but that was still high right. for a soda. And he went to LSU, I'm going to let him tell that yeah, story. but. Um, Going back and forth, and after us having a lot of late night conversations, three, four in the morning, I mean, I believed in it, and I came on board and became a partner, and then the rest is history. But I'll let him kind of tell you how that all started. So, Charleston, tell me, I mean, you came up with the ideas, what I'm hearing, and he was kind of a mentor. So what made you say, we have to go into business? Because, you know, business, I mean, with someone is a big deal. Yes. Like, that is your family. Well, one thing about dealing with these celebrities is they're really spontaneous. Mm -hmm. And uh, Paul Wall, which was one of our first ambassadors, and now he's one of the co-owners of the company, okay. he called me on a whim, middle of the day, saying, hey, Travis Scott wants some of your sodas. And, um, and he, he want to pull up on you right now. And at the time, we were uh, trapping out of a storage unit. Right. Um, uh, uh, right here on Alameda, up the street from Turkey Leg Hut, right across the street from where our new location will be built uh, later on this year. And our storage unit was a mess. I mean, we're just, you know, this is just a storage unit. Right. You know, not set up for somebody of his stature to come in and right. check things out. So as I always do, whenever I'm in the crunch and trying to figure things out, I call Keelan. He had a... a business right up the street and I said Keelan man Travis Scott is on his way he said say no more here I come we came in there and we busted out man we turned it into a real nice little setup kind of similar to what you see now okay. and when Travis got there 
We chopped it up, put one of our biggest plays that we've ran thus far right. on the table, and the rest was history. Oh, and then I heard him. Did y'all hear him slide by say he had another uh, warehouse opening up? Right, right, right. Well, it's yeah. not a warehouse or a storefront? Storefront. Storefront. Okay. Storefront. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely going to be really themed with a lot of Houston culture. Yeah, we're we're kind of setting things up for it to be a real tourist attraction, yeah. another place to uh, hot place to come when you're visiting Houston. An actual fully simulated Cadillac slab will be on the showroom floor. So we want to give candy painted, right? Candy painted, swingers, yeah. pop trunk, neon, all that. All that. So when you come into Houston and you stop by the Exotic Pop uh, store, you'll get that full experience of what the culture is all about outside of the products that we have to offer because we think that this things like this should be a staple and then the whole Alameda Corridor, which I just call Black Wall Street of Houston now, um, it was the perfect location for us to open up our first signature store in Houston. Of course, Charleston uh, kind of elaborate too on one of our first locations is, uh, on Melrose in LA and it was only right to do that uh, because of the big market and demand for our products in California. So we kind of hate that that was the first one but it had to happen because of the popularity of the brand. It made sense. sense. But Houston will be the legitimate number one store once uh, it opens but great things are coming with that. Before, just in case for folks that don't know, because y'all kind of explained it to me when we walked in, but explain the concept behind Exotic Pop. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. I let Charleston get into it a lot because he came up with this, and when he he had to run it by me a few times before <laughs> I got it, got it. Because yeah. I, I, I was trying to get to the meetup. How are you able to, or why do you charge what you charge? But from a logistics standpoint, what we pretty much do is we look at the landscape of uh, uh, geographic landscape of the full United States and abroad. We see what products are offered where and where they're not offered. So logistically what we do is we uh, uh, source products from all over the country and then we ship those products to where they're not offered. So in order to make that happen from a shipping standpoint, logistics standpoint, it does kind of raise the pricing a little bit. So a lot of times people think we're just raising the price just because. No, you can't get this box of Lucky Charms in that little mountain area where you live. We're going to guarantee that we get it to you. There's a price that comes with that exclusivity, but what that does also for the consumer is it puts you in a position in your own world and area to say, I got the Lucky Charms that no one else can get. So that comes with a price, but we also love the excitement of them tagging us online and saying, hey, thank you guys, and then others saying, like, wait, I've never seen that before. They go to the website, and that's what created all of these thousands of products that we get. It can, Charleston, tell them how much of a headache it can be to get some of these products. Um, when you're dealing with COVID, mm-hmm. when you're dealing with um, shortages, um, when you're dealing with uh, U.S. Customs, yes. you're dealing with uh, taxes from different governments, yes. and um, shortage on drivers for trucking and things of that nature, uh, it can be a, definitely be a headache, you know. Um, but that's the game, and that's right. what makes it exclusive, and that's right. what makes it exotic. So when that product finally touches down in our warehouse, and we say, hey, we need $100 for that, then we need $100 for it. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. It is. So, I, I, it, you know, it's a blessing in disguise for the, for the market to be the where it is because it, it makes what we're doing that much more special. Yeah. I, I want to say something real quick before you say that in this camera. Canada Dry, y'all owe us a lot of money. 
Right. Tell them why, Charleston. Why? Tell them, tell why? Canada Dry why. That's Let's go back to the history. Great. It is. Like Let's go back to the history of Canada Dry and what that soda was about to what it is today. Well, everybody knew Canada Dry just being a ginger ale. You know, but in the tri-state area, they actually have five different soda flavors that they offer in that particular part of the country that's available nowhere else. And um, at the time, I was actually traveling to uh, Philadelphia and New York, um, sourcing these Canada Dries and shipping them back here to Houston to distribute across the country. And the power of social media is really amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have about a quarter million followers on our page, all authentic, all you know, uh, grown from follower number one. And with that page, we really kind of set the tone of where the culture, the beverage culture goes. Okay. And uh, we made Canada Dry one of the top selling sodas in the world. And to the point where we've actually, well, a month ago, they actually literally ran out of syrup and because of the demand of the product. And it went from being a uh, a $2 soda to now a $30 soda, right? Because of the demand and the amount of supply versus the demand. Mm -hmm. So we really took them to another level. And it's just like kind of like what Run DMC did with Adidas, right? you know? Blew them all the way up, you know, from right. the power of their brand. That's exactly what we did. So, I mean, I feel like everybody owes us money. Coca Cola, Pepsi, right? Right. Right. Like, kind of elaborate on how y'all went from the logistics side of just kind of shipping other people's things into morphing it into your own brand. Well, that, I got to give all the credit to this man right here. He's always been a big thinker, a forward thinker. Um, that's that same trip I was making to the tri-state area, I found uh, in a little bodega, another little brand that was called uh, Old Time, that was a little 50 cent soda. Right. Um, <laughs> had kind of some crazy, unique flavors like cotton candy and bubble gum. And I was like, hey man, let me give this a try. Let me ship yeah. this back home. And I taste it, taste it pretty good. And I'm sure I can make this do what it do. Turn this 50 cents to $5. Okay. And um, we started moving product for them. You know, a little small little company. And we moved so much product for them that the actual uh, owners of the company sent out their salesmen to Houston to close a distribution deal with us. So yeah. we could order by the truckload. Okay. And so they flew down, came to uh, right here to Houston, and um, Keelan put that pressure on them. He yeah. said, yeah, we'll, we'll buy some truckloads from you guys, but we don't want you guys label on no more. We want our label on there. Yeah. And, and they, just imagine telling them they're, they're that. At first, it's funny because Charlie was like, this one of my number one sellers now. Like Lil Wayne has to have this. The Amigos has it. This particular soda on the on they sitting on the floor at the basketball games, and we getting pictures of them with old time sodas. And we was like, old times was just a local brand in New Jersey. It was sold nowhere else. And to see those sodas on, and they was like, who are these guys? And right. how are they selling this fifty cent soda for five bucks now? Right. That's what made them touch down. So. When we got them in our presence, and this is what we do now more than anything, we go in no meeting feeling as if we're not in here to win mm-hmm. because we're Y'all equipped. Hit yeah, we're, we're equipped with the knowledge, the information, and the background to where we don't have no inferiority complexes when we go sit down with no one. I mean, we've said, we've been in meetings where I, t- I like to tell this story not from a braggadocious standpoint, but just for the fact of how much we believe in our brand to where we were sitting down with a client that literally had just given us a half a million dollars 
to do a project for them and then after that project was successful they offered us 20 million for the brand and we turned it down because we know what we have the value of it and the other side of it which charleston preaches a lot of time we so knee deep in the culture and what this bring and how to create generational wealth we would have been doing ourselves a disservice for taking that 20 million dollars and then his son and my sons 20 30 years from now my our daddy sold the company and we right. back at square one right. Pepsi and Coke is in the biz. They've been here for hundreds of years. Generational, generational, generational type wealth. So if we would have did that, their their game is to nip us in the bud. Mm -hmm. Give us 20 million to get rid of us. Right. Not to promote the brand, because they looking at it like, I, I, these new guys, they finna do some damage. Mm -hmm. it's, it's best, I mean, we got a wave of our current that this 20 million is to get rid of exotic pop. It isn't to take us to the next level. And this the guy that left out of that meeting, because I'm not going to lie, I left out of that meeting like, <laughs> he, he looked right at me and said, no. And that's when me being old, I was like, oh, he grown, grown. Because I'm, I'm the old man in the room that's looking like, I've been waiting for this day. I, I didn't have a million business. We finna cash out, and this was, was it a year or two years ago? Two years ago. Two years ago. This was two years ago. So he was like, no. I said, no. I said, he was like, no. He said, it's not worth it. I'm not selling my company for that. And immediately when, when I looked in his eyes and I saw that, I said, yeah, it's no. You're right. It's no. We, but we were glad that we had known we there. Because if they looking at us like this and they was willing to get these two little black dudes some money for that, we there. They trying to get rid of us, but that was the best thing that could have happened because how we have grown this company to where we are now and the the products that you spoke to him about, how do we get to where Exotic Pop, the products exist, that bubbling up and that company finally giving in a little bit so we were going and letting us relabel and come up with our own formulations and then that just opened the door for us to say hey we're going through them we could do this by ourselves now mm -hmm. so our own manufacturing our own bottling all of these things are literally about to happen and we're about to put our own vanilla cream soda on the shelves mm -hmm. to whereas although man I, I, I give a deep appreciation for all the companies that came before us that put us even in the position to sell their products right. but and it has been stepping stones for us because I'm just be honest, there are those who don't want us in this mm -hmm. beverage industry. There's not a African-American um, soda company with PET plastic bottles in the stores on the corners on a regular basis. That is that is literally us. I'm gonna say it, Coca-Cola won't give us an account. They won't. We don't have a Coca-Cola. I was gonna Coca ask y'all as black business owners specifically, like mm -hmm. what challenges have y'all been Challenges, having? man, banks won't give us money. Oh yeah, wow, we got seriously. we got financial showing millions millions of dollars. That's the funniest part to me. It's like and we're stuck <laughs> in underwriting for six seven months. They'll let me tell you how the game. Since they can't tell you no, right? What they'll do is they'll put you in underwriting. Yeah. Have you underwriting for a quarter? Yeah. Which is three months. Right. Yes. And then ask for financials once all over again. the three months has passed, you still don't. Hey, we need updated books. Yeah, we need to update uh, finance. We need last quarter now because yeah. you're still being underwriting. We need to update and start the process all, all the way over. That's the keep from just saying and we've no. been through that for two cycles. And it's last funny when I tell y'all it's so funny because it's like we've met and I don't want to get too deep into this, but people need to know that. But you don't quit. You keep going because mm -hmm. on the outside looking in, when we see this stuff and we see. Um, 
how racial disparities and, you know, people not, I was like, I used to be in the beginning before I got into it, like, okay, did you not qualify? Did you qualify this, that, and other? But just being on this side of it, having all my, and then for the first time in my black life, mm -hmm. having all my paperwork right, exactly. and showing you that I made millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars on a monthly basis, and then you come back to me and say, we're working on the guys. We got to working on what? What are you talking about? I know people with the same situation that get through like this. And I, and I was like, man, this is, I know what this is about. At the end of the day, guys, you got to believe it. There is a group or sector in society that knows for a fact if African-Americans attain the resources that they need to grow successful, bulging businesses, they will try to stop it because they know the magnitude. And then the thing about it, the worst thing we could have told them when we sat down with them because they brought people in is to show them our list of community charitable things that we do on a regular basis. That, that is what they don't want. Oh, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. You guys trying to help the community? Y'all go out on a monthly basis and give this much? Y'all give scholarships to students every year? Oh, see, this is not... It's crazy. You would think somebody would be like... But we can tell, it's like, our whole, like, Charleston, I forgot the uh, elementary school, but this is just what we do. I mean, he literally uh, 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 rented a helicopter to drop down on the playground at an elementary school to show all them little black kids in the hood that it can happen, and you can touch a helicopter, and you can be in aviation. Yeah. This is the, and when people ask us, what's the secret to success, and how excited pop, yeah, we have a formula from a business standpoint, but we always live by the motto that we give more than we take. That's why our business is successful. When I can go to a meeting of businessmen, they're like, what the hell are you talking about? We want to know the X's and O's and how, like, y'all, it's bigger than that. Mm -hmm. It's much bigger than that. I, we have a meeting every Thursday on what we are pouring back into the community in order for this to continue to work. We know that has to happen. So that it's just so I, I tell people all the time this, like you got this camera here now me and charleston are horrible because we should be documenting everything we do because mm -hmm. this has to be the making of a billion dollar brand because that's what it is mm -hmm. but we be so busy we, i'm like we really need to hire a cameraman because y'all you'll be amazed the people we meet the things they say the 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 what they call backdoor deals or how we in the ninth hour trying to make something happened and it always come to fruition for us because our hearts are in the right place. But Exotic Pop, the brand itself is, the potential is unspoken of. We have no, we, me and him, no, we surprised every day. But yeah, they, they sitting back watching, looking to see what we're going to do next. And mm -hmm. they about to see. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Do y'all even remember the first, like the first sale? from either a distribution or when you actually put out your exotic pop brand. Do y'all remember like that first sale, how it felt, what you did? Uh, I remember first time our first like vending machine across the street from my grandpa and they allowed me to put a vending machine in there. And I remember stocking the sodas and loading the sodas up that first Friday. And I remember coming back on Sunday and opening that door for the first time and pulling out that cash box <laughs> and had a wad of money that's this tall. Yeah. It was number ones and fives. Yeah, I'm like, it. wow, in two days? Yeah. I need like, let's get 20 of these machines from all over the city. I remember that feeling. That was a great feeling. And also I remember our first 18-wheeler uh, truck that uh, got paid full of exotic pop product, just our oh, brand. Oh, wow, that was that big. That went to a local distributor here. Um, that was big. And that, I remember that first receiving that first check, and that check, you know, each, our checks, our average uh, truck. truck that you would just, if you was buying Sprite or cocaine like that, probably cost you maybe like fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars 
at the time we was going in sitting down with distributors trying to sell them that same truck of our product for over fifty thousand dollars so imagine it imagine them saying this is a these, first of all i'm, I'm talking yes. to you i have never even talked to a person of your kind before right. number one right number two you're trying to sell me something that i buy for a third of the cost mm -hmm. yes and 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 don't want to give me any terms no net 30 no nothing None you want your money and, and exactly what we did and we was confident it was and then and we flew know. all over this country y'all it's so funny we should have had cameras there we flew all over this country trying try, attempting to sell a sixteen thousand dollar truck for fifty thousand dollars and 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 showing up black okay. so <laughs> you show up black and you try to charge him three four times what he been paying forever the industry standard and you're mm -hmm. convincing him on but the beautiful part about what charleston did in advance of us taking those meetings was we saw the trend of consumers taking products such as uh, crush mm -hmm. sprite products and they would hold that product up and they would say, yeah, just got my exotic pop. Yeah. And me and Charleston were like, he's saying it's, it's a Sprite. It's right. not exotic it's pop. But he knows that he got it from right. us. It's exclusive. And he knew we went through whatever we went through to make sure he got it. So he, so Charleston was like, but they don't have exotic pop on it. They saying it. So that's where this was created. This is our number one prize, and I'm really out of line right now because we live by a double cup. I have a single, but it's supposed to be another cup in here because yeah. that's the brand. Yeah. I apologize, everybody who a double cup. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but the double cup that Charleston he called me at three, four in the morning. He said, "Man, I just ordered a fifty thousand styrofoam cup for what? Fifty thousand for what? <laughs> what are you know, doing? What? what? He's like, no. Every, he said, just like we discussed, you know, everybody always saying exotic pop every time they have, they need to have something that belongs to us. I said, so well, he said, so the logo is gonna be on the front and the back side of the cup, and from now on, we're gonna. He, his his vision was to make sure all of the boutiques and the corner stores, whoever that sold our product, had the sleeves of cups to sell with the actual product. And I was like, okay, how much it cost? He was, I was like, okay. And then I was like, bro, ingenious. Because when those c consumers were able to buy that product and pour it in here to legitimize that it was exotic pop, yeah. first cup in America that you have to pay $2 for, and they literally sell out, they buy the cup that Coke gives away for free, and this with $2 with no ice. Okay. <laughs> $2 with no ice. I don't, they got, they go, so it's two fifty because you probably got to pay the corner store 50 cent for the ice. But this branded us so much so and then for Lil Wayne to request and I, I got to shout out Lil Wayne because he, Lil Wayne and Drake and Travis salute because when Travis, when, 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 when Travis did what he did, Lil Wayne started carrying the cup everywhere he went, whether he was in the club, whether he was at the awards, wherever, he had the exotic pop cup with him. And I remember Charles, I remember the guy that told us, hey, look, in, in, in uh, Calabas, uh, it's a store up that way, uh, Hollywood, wherever that particular store is, you know, a lot of the celebrity guys go in and out of this particular boutique to get our sodas in. It was like, hey, Lil Wayne's people uh, want XYZ and uh, soda, this, that, and other. And, um, what you want us to charge him? He was like, what you mean what you want us to charge him? He said, well, I've been charging him such and such for the longest, but now he want to get this in the cup. I said, don't charge him again. I said, don't charge I said, when his people come in there, his, uh, one of his um, cleaning crew at his home is who used to come and get it. I said, give it to him at first. Give it to him. 
give him the cups, this, that, and other. He appreciated that so much that he just started carrying the cups. Now, down the line, he was like, hey, guys, I need my cups and my drinks or whatever on a weekly basis. I'm paying for it. Right. He was like, nah, Wayne, you ain't got to pay for it. Man, I'm paying for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So we was like, okay, we're obliged. You know, he's going to pay for it. So Wayne gets his shipment on time every week. Every time you look on different social medias, videos, whatever, he has our cup. It did so, so much for the brand. When uh, Drake couldn't get clearly Canadian in Canada, mm-hmm. Charleston found it, shipped it to him. Drake, in concert, shot it out, Exotic Pop, shot it out on his page. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What, what was the quote? Uh, leaning like Exotic Pop. Yeah, he was <laughs> leaning like, and that just blew it. For him, it's like, because he worked so hard to run a lot of these plays, so, and you don't know if you're gonna get that recognition, because right. the guy, they don't have to do that, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So when it happens, it's like a plus for the brand because it's organic. Like a lot of people think that, and I, this across the board, a lot of people think we spend millions of dollars on marketing. We are a very organic, do we spend money on marketing? Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times these guys, a lot of these guys are legitimately bought into what we're doing. They don't ask us for a square penny. They just do it because they love what we're doing. They know what we stand stand for. When I met Drake, because we have a soda with his dad, and I was like, man, I appreciate what you do for the brand, this, that, and other. Drake said, man, thank you for taking care of my daddy. I'm definitely going to have to get by that White House. I like how I look. I didn't know you ever seen the White House. I'm there. And I tell Charles, I was like, Drake talking about I got to get by the White House. I like, I'm like, when did you see the White House? Right. Now, he haven't made it by here yet. But just those type of relationships that we have gone from afar. Because when we meet them, it's like they feel like they already know us. Mm-hmm. When right. people meet Charles, they be like, hey, you don't know Charles? I be like, how do you know his name? But that is how, how impressionable we have been on it, and we love it because no other soda company is knee deep mm-hmm. in the culture to whereas mm-hmm. the, the your clients really love you, embrace you, and understand that, and that's probably why they want to keep y'all under their thumb. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, but that's over. But yeah, but I love how that's grown organically, and then just the way that y'all talk about your business and just so educated about it. Mm-hmm. So, are y'all what do y'all have like? What degrees do you have? Like, you have a degree in business, or is this like street learning? I mean, well, I'm gonna say, listen, I, I'm glad you said that because personally, you'll never know I have a degree. Charleston went to LSU and with the pursuit of a degree, but his entrepreneur itch which benefited him more than finishing out, led him to getting money early. I seen this young man like early with Bentleys and Rolls Royces and Lamborghinis. He had a, bro had a Lamborghini. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm the mentor. How you riding around town in a green Lambo? Like, bro, I like, but, but, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. He, you know what I'm saying? He, he, he was there from the trucking industry to the, to the uh, luxury car rental industry. He has done it all. And I admire him on, um, on the other end, me personally, with all my business endeavors and success that I had with with those things, I uh, went to college. I got a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, those things are in my backpack. Right. If I got to pull it out, which I hope I don't ever again, right. I will. Because we do have to have those show cards sometime right. when we out here when they're like, who are these two Negroes that's showing exactly. up? I'm like, man, y'all don't know. We some of the most educated. Our yeah. backgrounds are gay. We, we, and we both come from very God-fearing women. That, And what I mean by that is 
that God fearing where they taught us how to fear nothing. Like when I tell you when we go out here, nobody can tell us. Now we're not arrogant, but we know that nothing, no, nothing can stop us from getting to where we want to go. That's like our spirit. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I meet people, even because I can, I can talk very ebonic, because right. I'm knee deep in the culture. Right. But I'm well versed. I stay abreast with everything that's going on so that when I am networking, I can relate or communicate or talk about anything that's going on in the world. Because that's how the best relationships are made in business is how likable are we or how, what do we have in common. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's not even about the business, the soda or nothing. It's somebody saying something impressionable enough. Mm -hmm. I remember one time a lady was... Uh, 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 Ann Richardson, I don't know, y'all probably don't know, but she was a governor of Texas way back in the day. Short, long story short, Ann Richardson had just died. Her flavored uh, flower was the uh, Texas Blue Bunner, the same, something of that nature. And because I read the newspaper back in the day every day, I always read the first 10 lines. I said a, 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 a news article will tell you most everything in the first 10 lines if you're not a story reader. You'll right. get all of that. It'll give you enough to go into a conversation and know enough. So when she said, man, and she was in the line at the bank, Ann Richardson down there, I say, yeah, Ann Richardson, love Texas Blue Bunch. That white lady looked at me like, Negro, who know what about what? And she was like, what's your name? I don't know. But now I knew just her whole demeanor, she wasn't no black boy lover. Right. Especially based on what, based on what the news showed her every day. Mm -hmm. So for her to meet me in line and see that, and that took that edge off of what you thought or who you thought, that was beautiful for me. And then she's like, let me give you my husband. Ma'am, you wouldn't have gave me his business card to save your life had I not. And I tell people that all the time, knowing these tidbits and breaking down those barriers are very important when networking. So me, like I said, I don't come out with, you know, I have a master's. I could care less about those degrees from that standpoint. Right. It's that personable, humble, educated part that allows us to make these relationships work and we just been able to pair what we have learned over the years to just make a, a, a dynamic duo. Cause I mean, I, I, I can't say like me personally, I don't mind saying it. I'm, I'm 49. Uh, uh, Charlie, what, 30 what? 37. 37. Mm -hmm. So we got a, what, 12 year gap. You, yeah. It's rare that you get this in, mm -hmm. but he's very mature for his age. And he does not mind listening to me as his big brother and like, hey, we need to do this, this, that. But then I don't, I don't mind when he's that super tiger where he say, bro, I gotta do it this way. And I'm like, that's a bet, cause you in that lane. You see some of the stuff that I'm not even interested in anymore. So I take that and I know sometimes like, I, I be like, golly, I'm 49. And I, all of these guys are younger than me. I have to catch myself sometimes. Cause they be like, hey, we finna go to like, man, I gotta go home. <laughs> y'all about to get me y'all about to get me kicked out the damn house <laughs> and then what be so funny sometimes she's like bro where did you get those tennis shoes i be like hey <laughs> like are you going through a crisis i say no i'm not i actually like them like but yeah it, it, it's funny working with these guys it is great and i'm glad we were able to grow the brand in that type of space because you don't want to everybody had a horror stories but i don't want to sit in and say man you just don't know to get to this i don't want to you want to be beat up by the time you get a, 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 the millions that you want and they can't even spend it right because your left leg gone right. but but that's the beauty of 
what we've grown this into. And then, like, everyone, everybody comes in, I ain't gonna lie, this was his idea, because I remember in the beginning, I was like, bro, what is with all this white you want? He said, when they come in our warehouse, it's not gonna be no regular, it's gonna be so presidential. Yeah. We got the Obama table, yeah. then we got another conference room over there and the office suite. I want a couch, I want, uh, okay, let's see how this is gonna look. But I'm talking about, and he's a he's a big art guy, so you guys definitely got to get all the artwork where we've paid homage to those living and past. But that's a big focal point because we're trying to embody all of the art slowly but surely into what the Exotic Pop brand uh, brings. But it does make for an exciting uh, experience when our ambassadors and well as others come by. And I mean, you have all kind of brands that you distribute and then your own products that you have coming out and then y'all decided to add music on top of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, you so heard about that part. Artists. So, yes. Carl, you got to tell us. Y'all yes. added uh, Lady Isis yes. and Lil Hawk. Yes. Right, right. So, what made y'all branch out? I mean, it, I mean, it makes sense to do it, but right. branch out into the music industry too. Well, it, it was definitely, it only made perfect sense for us to do it. All these relationships that we mm -hmm. have right. in the industry from collaving with them, giving them their own beverages, things of that nature. Um, being a concert yards to them, you know, doing all these last-minute favorites and things of that nature. I would say, Keelan, we got all these producers in pocket. We got all these mm -hmm. uh, artists in pocket. You know, if we, if we uh, put a play together and start Exotic Pop Music, it, it's going to go. And, yeah. and, and, and we've been having that understood for a few years now. Yeah. But it's all about the right time. Right. And right. then Keelan, um, you know, I would say maybe about six months ago, he was like, hey, it's time to pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, and he pulled the trigger on it, uh, took the lead on it, uh, uh, got exotic pop music going on. Um, Lady Isis, she came in, she was in the music industry. She kind of put it down a little bit, but she had talent. Mm -hmm. And she came to be a part of the, the company. And Keelan saw that talent in her, as well as uh, Lil Hawk, Big yeah. Hawk's son, mm -hmm. being a part of this company. Um, uh, with the relationship that we have with his mother and us just, you know, being big brothers and sisters right. to him. Um, and his passion for music from his father, yeah. it was only right for us to be sitting here every day with these uh, two talented people with all this, who just need the right exposure. We're like, hey, let's pull the trigger. Yeah. And yeah. let's uh, get these guys a proper platform. Right. Uh, take advantage of the relationships that we have. And in a short amount of time, we've already been doing whole festivals, have our own exotic pop stages. Right. and. Um, collab with some of the best in the industry, and uh, we got a What's in Your Cup mixtape coming out soon. That's yeah. gonna be really special. That's gonna be uh, coming. That's really gonna shake the market up. So, I mean, I give a lot of credit to Keelan. Um, he's really been putting a lot of making turning water into wine with that. Uh, we've been dealing with a real tight budget because of all the different uh, formulations and stuff we got going on our end and a lack of banking that we talked about. Yeah. But he was able to really just take off the strength of our relationships. Yeah. And, and, and a small budget that we have and really make something real pop off really big. Right. I mean, I love y'all's relationship. We could talk all day. Yes. But we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I love how y'all lean on each other, though. Like, yeah, when definitely. you're talking, you call your, his name and vice versa. And you <laughs> can just tell that, like, the relationship is real. You know how sometimes when you talk to people right. and they're talking about their business, it's like a surface thing. But yeah. you can tell this is like a family. This is, our, this is a part of us. This yes. is my arm. Like, mm -hmm. you can't. You can't just speak on my business right, without me. Right. I love that. I love that. I love that. So, but uh, let's wrap this up because okay. we do a little bit, a little thing, uh, fill in the blank. Okay. And mm. either or. I kind of made them a little tang. Let's do it. We're doing exotic pop. Okay. Okay.
So y'all, uh, you both of y'all are gonna respond, okay? okay? We'll start off with fill in the blank. All right, my biggest fear is blank. Uh, fear nothing, man. Fear no more. My biggest fear is God. That's the only person you're supposed to fear. Yeah. My biggest fear, of course, is God and um, overthinking. Because I can do that sometime and I can run a play and then flood it over a little too because, because of my eagerness and ambition to to complete it. So sometimes I gotta, my fear is that I can go too far okay. in, my, in my drive for success when, like we said, fear God, he done already said it. So he didn't ask you to do too much. It's only when we try to do, be Superman that we fail. Mm -hmm. Cause he never said, I need you to be Superman. He just said, I need you to be you. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's, that, that's it. I like that. Okay, my mama always told me blank. To think big. Mind tell me so much, y'all. <laughs> Mind tell me so much, but first thing, I I don't want to inundate y'all with this, but mind tell me to uh, uh, always keep God in, in remembrance. That's what she always tell me. That's a good one. Yeah, I I just don't want this to turn into a. Uh, uh, St. Pius Missionary <laughs> Church up here, hey, but that's that's our foundation. Yeah, right, 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 go. right, right, right. Okay, when people do blank, I know they're moving shady. Ooh, we. Ooh, we. What they doing and they moving shady? Uh. Wow. <laughs> when um, for me, it's when um, when I know you moving shady. We have to cut the commercial, come back. I know. Because, <laughs> um, well, I say this. I say this. With me, it's uh, it's typically uh, uh, discernment. Because when you are moving on a certain wavelength and have a certain synergy about yourself, mm -hmm. others that aren't, a lot of times, you know how you can meet somebody and you already know this ain't gonna work. Mm -hmm. But really? if you're not, if you're not in a space, a clear space, a lot of times if you're cloudy, you will not see that. You'll give people the benefit of the doubt. You'll let them make it, things of that nature. So a lot of times with me, me socializing with you and going back and forth and kind of getting your vibe, and let me know if you're gonna be one of them. Hey, what's up? Talk to you later. Or hey, let's sit down and go have something to drink. Just that. matter of fact. When I met him again at Erica Banks at the bowling alley, it was a very short conversation, right. but I could bet on him making this interview happen because of our dialogue that quick. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were just some fun-going men that officially met each other again, right. socialized, ha-ha, we definitely gonna get this gun done and left it at that. And I was cool with that in comparison to people that be like, man, I know you're not gonna come through. He did not give me <laughs> that, that vibe. vibe. But you gotta be in certain spaces right. Mentally and physically, to because it is. Because Charlie will tell you in a second. Every meeting, he talking to, he checking people on their health. He checking them on their mental health. And this is, and this is, if you come to one, I hate it. When you come to one Monday meetings, you'll think it was a revival because it'd be like because first we find the peace 
of where everybody is in advance of talking about what we need to do today because if everybody's not on that wavelength, they're not going to give us what we need in order for this company to work. So we take pride in going around the table and asking everybody how they feel today. We have a word of the day every week and we get everybody to give us their input on what that means. So that creates that vibe that goes back to that question that, man, it's, for me it's a vibe. I could tell if you shady based on some of your actions, mm -hmm. inconsistencies, and things of that nature. But yeah, it, that's what it is for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a vibration for sure. You know, you don't have to say anything. You can just walk into the room and just kind of feel, you know, their energy and, and, and just be able to just be tapped in to knowing your energy and where you are. And then when a, a counter energy comes across you and, you and you know how to handle it you know, accordingly. So I agree with that for sure. You got one? I, I, I want a fun one. I want a, Those are fun, but I was hoping it was something <laughs> we could laugh about. Get one more. Get okay. one more. Why are you trying to keep it tame? It's exotic pop. We do everything under the sun around here. I be trying to, because some okay. people, when, when I be asking some of the questions, they little feelings get hurt. Really? So I'm like, oh, okay, well, let me see. Okay. Okay, so either or. We're going to move to either or. All right. Um. Who would you want to get? Uh, who would you want to get you out of jail? Sean King or Tamika Mallory? You got locked up. Who you calling? I'm calling Tamika. You think Tamika? I'm calling Tamika. Sean King. Yeah. Oh, Sean King, the uh, the the the, the uh, other activist. I'm yeah. I'm thinking about uh, who? Sean Kingston. Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm calling but Sean I'm a, Kingston. That's my partner, man. But he owe me a lot of fun. He gonna give me out, pay the bond, and everything. Hey, go so, party afterwards. What's up, Sean just, Kingston? Sean Sean. I'm still gonna stick with Tamika. Uh, <laughs> Sean cool, but Sean might ask me for five hundred dollars when I get out. Sean busy. I mean that from a business standpoint. Right, right. Sean got business. Tamika might be like, "Come on now, let's go get him." You know, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna go with Tamika. I want to see a pretty face anyway when I come there out. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, who would you want selling your product? Hmm. Al Sharpton or Ray J? Ray J. Oh man, shout out to Ray J. He just did a commercial for No us. knock on, no okay. knock on Al. I was gonna say, cause Al be slick with the tongue. He okay. slick with the tongue, but he just not, uh, he not, he just not a good eye catcher. You, when you advertise it, <laughs> I just, no knock, Al, I just say, you just, go, yeah. <laughs> he just not, yeah, he can't market it. Yeah, yeah, when he lost that weight, that, lost that, weight, that head know, got, that head was big. I'm sorry, Al, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I might you need you to come to my yeah, defense. I don't, I don't yeah. know what they talking about, Al, but we locked <laughs> in, though, right. for real. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, oh, think funny. of a person that doubted your success, but get that person in your head. Mm -hmm. Will you let them borrow money, or are you going to let them have it? Depends on where they at. Oh, when you let somebody borrow money, you let them have it. You That's let the them have it. You need to have. Yeah. If you're not willing, don't to give away what you do. exactly, exactly what, <laughs> what, I'm about to say, what you so. can't afford to lose. Yeah. But it depends on where they at. If you if you was hating on me at one point, and uh, you have transformed your thinking out of your stupidity, mm. uh, and we can truly recognize that, we can talk. Because I'm gonna give you an example real quick. It was one somebody asked me this question. I, I owned a beauty supply company once upon a time and uh it got robbed and they shot me and somebody asked me like six eight months later like man if you ever seen them what would you say to them or what would you do and i i said man to be honest at this point in my life i asked maybe i first asked maybe found god if he found god i'm gonna let him make it because who am i 
Mm-hmm. Some other people don't think like that. Like, oh, Keelan, you're so peaceful. Now I remember the Keelan that would have. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. That was me and that other mind. So if he, but he, if he haven't, then we talking a whole another conversation. But if he has, you know, what I'm saying, because what, what is what is that gonna help me? Because because uh, my mom used to tell me this all the time when I was younger. Even when when um, I would get frustrated about stuff, mad, she was like, "Man, guess what you can't do? No matter how mad you get." You can't put a burden on a person greater than the burden of God. So if you're trying to outdo God and punish somebody, you're going to lose every time. So I was like, damn, because you're thinking about this rage of how you're trying to fix somebody. And if it's meant for them to be fixed, he's going to fix them. And his fixing ain't nothing. You Yours don't compare. So what you really trying to do at the end of the day? You know what I'm saying? So that mindset just led me to, you know, but it's some people, I'm not going to lie, let me not sugar. it's some people I will not fool with again. We ain't got to be this, that, and other, but we don't have to talk or none of that, you know, because there are some of those people that even God tell you, hey, I told you to stay away from right. what you went back over there for, right. you know what I mean? No so, way. yeah, it's no such thing as this peace, you know, some people you're not supposed to fool with, mm. period. Okay, so since y'all need a crazy one, let me give you one. Give me one. Are you swimming swimming in the pool butt naked? Uh huh. With whipped cream. Uh huh. With Rick Ross. God. Or Lil Wayne. Who you swimming? Cause they both look a little strange. So it's it's a. Damn, that's a trick question. Uh, that's a, such a no, trick I'm question. That's so. I mean, I'm not, and, and I don't want the people watching this to think to think I'm thinking about it. Uh-uh. I'm just thinking about the question at hand. Uh-huh. Am I swimming in the pool butt naked with Rick? And whipped cream. And whipped cream. Or Lil Wayne. That sound like a, something you ask Saucy Santana or somebody. That's the kind of stuff I ask. Okay, Ooh. guess what? We're going to ask you. I'm, I'm, for real. I'm, I'm walking out to the pool and saying, hey, man, y'all got to leave these drugs alone. <laughs> it's going too far. What are y'all doing? Because I'm not getting in. I'm not, I'm not jumping in. I'm sorry. If, if, if you wanted to find out what it was with us in that sense, you just found out. <laughs> when I said it, yeah, we do not partake in butt naked swimming with rappers. No, we don't. <laughs> you see how saucy <laughs> I'm just saying. That was one of them. You, you, you got to give me one more. We cannot leave on that note. <laughs> I'm cool with leaving it on. Yeah, okay, yeah. We answered it. We answered it. We threw it. Thank y'all so much. I really appreciate it. I had fun. This, I could have talked to y'all forever. This was like a really, really good conversation. Y'all are knowledge about, knowledgeable about your business, your product, your brand. I loved it. Great. <laughs> Thank you.